ready all right let's pray father we ask and we say there is illumination the highest of our understanding is a lighting there is no confusion in this atmosphere everyone can be you jew as we see ourselves in you there is light there is clarity and there is illumination and we say we live here the fight as your name alone is glorified in the name of jesus amen all right this gospel um i think this is section eight this gospel like i said this is still an introduction and we're going to dive deep into the series next year so i'm just giving you a prelude into um things we're going to be discussing in the next couple of years when i mean next couple of years <laughs> i mean years all right second timothy 3 15 second timothy 3 15 you know when you come to church you open your bible and um you have your writing materials second timothy 3 15 you know you're yeah, a student of the world say i'm a student of the world i'm not saying like you mean it you're a student of the world second timothy 3 15 it says as and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, the responsibility of a Christian is that, if you read from verse 15 now, says as from a child you've known the holy scriptures and i told you when it says this place when paul was writing this letter to timothy here i've always told you that this side is he was referring to the old testament so when he says holy scriptures holy scriptures refers to the old testament does that make sense so as at the time this was written as at the time the new testament was written now the Old Testament was what they called their Bible. If you read in John 5 verse 39, when Jesus says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, John 5 verse 39, for they are they which testify of me. So what was testifying of Jesus? That was the Old Testament. The Old Testament would mean Genesis to Malachi. So that is what they called the scriptures. So the Bible of, the, the, the Bible of Paul, and Timothy will be Genesis to Malachi. Does it make sense? So the Bible of Paul, the Bible of Timothy, so when Paul will be writing to Timothy and say, study the scriptures to show yourself approved, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, what is he asking Timothy to study? Genesis to Malachi. Does it make sense? So what they had as their Bible was Genesis to Malachi. I've always told you, I said, the letters written to the churches it was not, they didn't know we'll be reading it today. Are you getting what I'm saying? Matthew, um, um, Paul didn't have his age that the letter he wrote to Ephesus, the letter he wrote to Corinth, the letter he wrote to, um, to Thessalonica, we'll be reading them today. The letter he wrote to, he wrote to Rome, Rome he will be, we will be reading them today. He didn't know that. But that's by God's providence, we are reading them today and they are now scriptures to us. But how was he able to get those things written from Genesis to what? To Malachi. So as a believer, you must get accustomed to the scriptures. You must get accustomed to how the scriptures is written. You must get accustomed to the understanding of the scriptures because Genesis to Malachi is the understanding of the scriptures. Genesis to Malachi is the understanding of the scriptures. Does that make sense? So when it says as from a child, that was known the holy scriptures, which is able to make the wise unto salvation through faith, which is a Christ Jesus, you know, so, you know, says, um, so what is it saying now? He's telling him that as from a child, he's been able to know what? Genesis. Salvation. Genesis to Malachi, which is able to make him wise, right? Yes, I mean, if you understand it to this point, right? All right. So to make him, to make him wise unto salvation. So we can safely see the summary of Genesis to Malachi will be salvation through faith, which is in what? In Christ Jesus. And I've explained to you that the word Christ and the word Jesus have, have, have done that in the previous sessions. You can listen to it. All right. Now, let's, let's get into the nitty-gritties of today. 
There's something I thought last week, um, and, and I want to pick up from Jen. I explained to you, I said, the gospel is a specific message. When we say the gospel, the message is specific. And I've explained to you that the message is about the death, the barrier, and the resurrection of Christ. It can't be about philosophy. It can't be about... Um, the message can't be about um, motivational speeches. It can't be about that. Because the message is specific. The message is specific. And I've explained to you, I said to you, I said, not everybody is poor, right? So if I come here to church this morning and I'm preaching to you a prosperity message, that is not a universal message. Hope you know. Because if Eleon Mox is in my service this afternoon or this evening, he's not going to be able to relate with it. If Jeff Bezos is in my service this evening, he's not going to relate with that. Because if I'm telling you, okay, the Lord wants to prosper you, they're going to be wondering, oh, the Lord has prospered me. So then I'm going to be preaching a message that is not going to call across the whole body of Christ. So that can't be the gospel. That can't be the reason why Jesus came to die. So the reason why Jesus came to die should be the message. Does it make sense? So, and I explained to you, I said, what is the universal condition of every man that's sin? If I go to Jeff Bezos and I preach to him and I say, believe the gospel, Jesus died, Jesus was buried for your sins, and he rose again for your sins, oh, you know that's going to cut across him. That is going to cut across him because that is the message. So the gospel is a specific account of what Christ did for us. The news, the very message is good. And I've told you it is good news, right? So when I come to you and I say I have a good news for you, I'm telling you the message of Christ, right? The message of Christ is good news. Good news. When you are preaching the gospel around campus, when you are preaching the gospel in your workplace, when you are preaching the gospel to friends even online, it is good news. You are giving them good news. Good news that they are no longer going to remain in their sins. Glory to God. They are no longer going to remain in their sins. Christ has saved them. Every one of you in this service this morning, you know the joy you have. You're never going to see hell. Hallelujah. Because you are born again. You've received the gospel. You are never going to experience hell. You will just preach it to people, but you will never know what it looked like. That's the good news, right? You know, remember those things they used to scare you when you were younger. If you don't believe the gospel, you're going, you're going to perish in the lake of fire. There are going to be gnashing of thieves. I don't know if you heard that thing when you were younger. There's going to be gnashing of thieves. You're going to perish in the lake of fire. And this and that and that. But I'm telling you, as far as you believe the gospel, you're never going to experience it. The Bible says in John 3 verse 16. I don't know if you can quote that. John 3 verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but do what? Have everlasting life. So you have everlasting life now. It's not going to come tomorrow. You already have it now. Hallelujah. You already have it now. So there are irrefutable parts of the gospel. It can't be disputed. 1 Corinthians 15. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, let's go there. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 4. 1 Corinthians 15, let's go there. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, wherein which also ye have received, wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, right? According to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So the fact is very crucial. Christ died according to the scriptures. Christ was buried according to the scriptures. He rose again according to the scriptures. 
Those are important facts of the gospel. Look at in verse 14 of that same place. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14. Look at verse 14. Are you there? It says, And if Christ be not risen, I want everybody, let's read it together. Let's read it together. 1 Corinthians 15 14. Well, I, I didn't hear that. Let's do it again. One, two, ready, go. And your faith is also vain. Our preaching is vain. So if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, there will be no reason I will be standing on this pulpit preaching to you this evening. Because then our faith is vain. And what? Your preaching is vain. So there will be no need going on outreaches. Hallelujah. There will be no need. Because Christ did not raise from the dead. But hallelujah, he rose from the dead. Glory to God. He rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Look at in verse 17. Look at in verse 17. I want everybody, let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's go. One, two, ready, go. One, let's do it one more time. So if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are what? You are yet in your sins. So, you know the reason why you can safely say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Christ rose from the dead. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, it says, says, And he has made him sin, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. So a man who has believed the gospel is no longer called a sinner. Glory to Glory God. To God. So if somebody says you are a sinner, you just tell them, no, I believe the gospel. Hallelujah. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. Glory, glory, glory. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Glory, glory, glory. So if we are unsure of this fact, then we are still as the rest of all of mankind. Still in Adam's transgression, spiritually dead, would remain infernally dead. So we need to be sure of the fact of the gospel. So that is why we must never attempt to preach the gospel with our wisdom. You know, there are things we do as Christians. Just because you see somebody smoking, you see somebody fathered, you see somebody butchered, you know, looking like something that is not um, well-pleasing to the face, you just, you know, there's just this sense of how you just condemn the person in your mind. You just have this way of, ah, nah, this guy is going to rot in hell. (laughs) You know, you just have that way. But see, if that guy has believed the gospel, and you know, you're going to be tempted to preach economic message or social construct message, like, um, I know Jesus wants to save you, but, um, you, can you stop? <laughs> can you stop what you're doing? You know, you can just you you tell the person, can you can you stop all of these things? Can you drop the gun down? Can you do this? You're trying to you know you're trying to preach good message to him. Like how do I call this? You're trying to preach um like a social construct message just to make sure that he is okay physically, and you lose the fact of the message. No. You're not going to leave the message to your wisdom. God has given us his wisdom. Hallelujah. He has given us his wisdom. So we must never attempt to preach the gospel with our wisdom or our sweet sugar-coated tongue. We must never have a sensitive, an audience-sensitive message. That is, you want to make your audience so happy. You want to preach them happy. Hallelujah, somebody. Is somebody listening to me in the service this evening? Oh, glory, glory. You're just trying to hype your audience. Now, you can do that in a show, but not in church. Hallelujah. So, you must never try to appeal to people. You must just preach the message. Hallelujah. You must. And I told you, look at in 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. I'll wait for you. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, are you there? I'll wait for you. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 to 5. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 to 5. Are you there? It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, 
came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus and him crucified. Verse 3, he says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. In a sense, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but what? In the power of God. So every preacher, every believer, you and I, you should be a preacher. You should be preaching the message. Tell your neighbor, say you should be a preacher. You're not saying it like you mean it. You're not saying it like you mean it. Say it very well. You're not saying it like you mean it. You should. A man who has believed the gospel is a preacher. Tell your neighbor that. You're not saying it like you mean it. A man who has believed the gospel is a preacher. Say it again. a preacher. He's a preacher. So you and I, we are preachers. Hallelujah. You don't believe it? We are preachers. Yeah. We are preachers. So I'm preaching here. You will preach somewhere else, right? You go on the street. I'll preach here. You go on the street, right? I'll go on the street too. You hold your own fellowship meetings. Hallelujah. You preach to people in different places. You are preaching, right? Yeah. So every preacher must be determined, just like Paul, never to have an audience-sensitive gospel. But we must have a Christ-centered message, a Christ-redemptive-focused message. Because if we don't preach the message with caution, like I said, we'll be producing a large number of non-believing Christians. I said this last week, I said, if we preach something else rather than the gospel, a lot of people will think they are saved, but they are not. That is why you can have a lot of people going to church, filling the hall. I like crowd, hallelujah. Filling the hall, but yet there is no impact. That's because they are not hearing the gospel. A lot of people just go to church and they're just hearing motivations and they're just snapping their fingers. That's not, that's not the message. The message is about what Christ has done. Hallelujah. That's the message. So, if we have looked, so, you know, we, we've looked at the facts of the gospel. We've looked at, we have seen the death, right? We've studied the death. We've studied the burial, right? We've studied, um, so, and the ascension into the Father's right hand. We've studied the blood of Jesus and all of those things. Now, let's see the chapter of the gospel. Because all sovereigns have chathas, chatha, C-H-A-R-T-E-R, chatha of the gospel. And it's a binding word, like a bond, an agreement, a contract, which specifies privileges, rights, basis of relationship. It's just like if you want to sign up, um, let's say you're about to um, get an apartment now. You want to sign the contract, right? That's the shatha. They give you all the rules and the regulations. A bond, the agreement. And you're going to like, okay, I signed this. I'm not going to make noise in this apartment. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and you know, things like that. So that's the shatha. The rights, the privileges, the basis of a relationship. So it makes the relationship, the organization, the society, not only have a definite, um, but also reliable and dependable relationship a unique one so when we don't have those kind of basics when we don't have those kind of chatter when we don't have things that are binding us we tend to lose right it's just like if there is no rule of law or if there is no um if our state is lawless we we tend into the state of anarchy but if why we everybody's behaving themselves which some people are still not behaving themselves <laughs> is because the it is not the country is not a state of anarchy we are all guided by rules and regulation just imagine there is no traffic light 
you know imagine everywhere going somebody say it happens in africa yeah it happens in nigeria but we are still alive glory to god <laughs> so i mean but just imagine there is no traffic light everybody just doing whatever they like there is no police in walmart you can just take whatever you want in walmart warren buffett would not have been in the re- in pub list <laughs> just imagine you can walk into apple <laughs> and just take whatever you like right you know Things like that. So it's not going to make sense. So the charter formed the basics of trust and comfort. So the gospel as its charter. God gave his charter. So it is on this basis that the evangelist, or that is the preacher, that is you and I, will be sure of what happens when the news is received. A lot of us, when we preach the gospel, we are not sure of what happens. You should be sure that when you sp- explain the message to people, how that Christ died, that he was buried, that he rose again, we must be sure to arouse the message. We must be sure of what happens. So when we arouse the news, when we spread the news, we must know what happens to the era when he receives it. In Mark 16, verse 15 to 16, Mark 16, verse 15 to 16, Mark 16, verse 15 to 16, he says, and he said to them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. He that is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And let, let's just stop in verse 16. So to be saved is to believe the gospel. So for you to for a man for us to say this guy is saved, or this guy is saved, we can safely say he has believed what? The gospel. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, what is the gospel? He has believed what? The death, right? The burial and what? The resurrection of Christ. A man who has not believed in that, we cannot say he's saved. So that shows when you preach the message, you are sure of what happens, right? 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 When you preach the message, that is when you tell people about the death, right? The burial and the resurrection of Christ and the belief right you can just simply say this person is saved you don't have to do altar calls and tell the person oh come and say after me you can just be sure this guy is saved because you are sure of what you preached so to be damned when he says in verse 16 when he says but either believe it not shall be damned to be damned means condemned that is they reject the message so a man who has rejected the message will be damned will be condemned I don't know about you, but I don't want to be condemned. That's why I believe the gospel. <laughs> so, in the next verse, it says, He that believeth and is baptized. Baptized in that place means baptizing to Christ's body because the church is by His Spirit. So when he says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He's not talking about water baptism. No, he's not talking about, I'm going to do a teaching on that very soon. So the baptized there just simply means baptized into Christ's body because the church is by his spirit. If you read in Matthew 3 verse 1, Matthew 3 verse 1, I just want to explain that word to you. Matthew 3 verse 1. Matthew 3 verse 1 he says in those days John the Baptist preaching the preaching in the wilderness of Judea so did John the Baptist just spend time doing water for people pouring water on people no in Matthew 3 verse 1 he was preaching in the wilderness like I told you baptism or baptized is being baptized into Christ's body in Acts 1 verse 5 Acts 1 verse 5 Acts 1 verse 5. Acts 1 verse 5. Acts 1 verse 5. It says, For John truly baptizing with water. Are you there? Are you in Acts 1 verse 5? I'll wait for you. Everybody, Acts 1 verse 5. It says, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days ends. So John baptized with water. And now you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost? Definitely. By the reason of the word. 
A man who has believed the gospel is baptized with the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. It says, For by one Spirit we are baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have all been made to drink into one spirit. So we have been baptized into what? One body. So remember I said to you that baptism in that text, in that Matthew, in that Mark 16 text, is not water baptism in this context, but is baptizing into Christ's body. So that is, when a man is saved, when a man believes the gospel, he is baptized what? Into Christ's body. Baptized is from the Greek word baptizo. It means he is immersed into Christ's body. So that is the essence of even the local church for the believer. Because when you are saved, you are baptized into Christ's body. You can't be isolated. Hallelujah. So a believer, once a man is saved... Is baptized into Christ's body. He needs a community. He needs a family. He is immersed into the body of Christ. I used to tell you, after salvation, the next thing for the believer is the local church. After salvation, the next thing for the believer is the local church. When you get a man saved, they have already been baptized into Christ's body. So, you are doing them an injustice by keeping them alone. They must belong to a family. Because they are by the reason of their baptism into Christ. Now, you know, now I'm already using the word baptism into Christ. They are not going to be isolated. They have already been baptized into his body in the spirit. So, you are doing them an injustice by making them not partake in the physical fellowship are you seeing it now it's look at in verse look at in that first corinthians 12 verse 13 first corinthians 12 verse 13 he said for by one spirit we are all baptized into what one body whether we be jews or gentiles whether we be black or white right can we safely use that in our today's world so now the dichotomy in their today in their yesterday's world in the scriptures world was jew and gentile but in our today's world now, we can safely say whether you be white or black, whether you be Hispanic or Latino, right? Or um, African-American, right? Or Hindus, right? Or like Noah, right? I'm just joking. <laughs> but is it so by one spirit? I'm just joking. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jew or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have all been made to drink into what? One spirit. So a man who has believed the gospel has been made to drink into what? One spirit. Has been baptized into what? Into the body of Christ. So when you preach the gospel to people, bring them together. Hallelujah. Because that minute they got saved, that minute you preached to them, they were already baptized into the body. So they now have to do what? Partake in the physical what? In the physical body. Galatians 3 verse 27. Galatians 3 27. Galatians 3 27. Look at it. For as many of you as been baptized into Christ have put on what? Christ. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. Galatians 3 27. Galatians 3 27. Are you there? It says, for as many of you as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So, as you have been baptized into Christ, you see now, so upon salvation, what happened to you? you do, how many of you understand it now? Upon salvation, what happens to you? You were baptized into Christ. Baptized, like I said, is from the word baptizo in the Greek. It just means you have been immersed into Christ. You've been dipped into Christ. So that is why he says, you've been baptized into Christ, I've put on Christ. So, you know, when you, it's just like, um, when you, it's just like jacuzzi, right? I don't know if you have used jacuzzi before. Only one person. 
Oh, wow. You guys are not enjoying life. I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, when you use jacuzzi and the foam, you enter the, and the foam of the water fills your body, that is you being immersed into it, right? If you come out of the jacuzzi, you're going to still be with the foam. So that's why he says, for as many of you that have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So can we safely say you've put on the foam, the soapy um, part of the water, right? On your body when you enter the jacuzzi? Can we say that? Yes, sir. Did it make sense? I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> All right. So a man who has believed the gospel is baptized into Christ. See, somebody asks you and say, explain Mark 16 for me. I say, either believe it and is baptized. Either believe it and is baptized. And they're trying to ask you and say, oh, it, it means what about is it? Tell them no. Either believe it and is baptized. You can the word and there, Cairo. Either believe it. And I've explained the Cairo to you always. That the word and just is the, is the Greek word Kai. And it just simply means a, a further explanation. It means that is. It means therefore. So that means we can simply say a man. He says either believe it. That is is baptized. And we have already explained in Galatians 3 verse 27. That a man who has believed is already baptized. Right? So that means the man is saved. Can you say he is baptized? Hallelujah. So can you safely say I've been baptized? How many of you have been baptized now? All right. Now, because you understand what I just said, right? So are you waiting for your water? No, sir. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? So the very minute you believe the gospel, can you safely say you've been baptized? How many of you believe it now? I don't know if you understand. How many of you is not clear? If it's not clear, let me see your hands. All right. It's cool, right? Cool. So a man who has believed the gospel is baptizing Christ. Is baptizing to Christ because the church is by spirit. So the gospel is predicated upon a firm commitment given by the sovereign God. So the gospel is is about what Christ has done. Like I said, it has its charter, it has its, its law, it has its guiding principle. So, what is this commitment that we are going to put to the gospel? Paul spells it out for us in 2 Corinthians 5. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. I want us to read it together. Are you there? 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 19. 2 Corinthians 5. So, can we, so uh, do we understand what baptism means now? Right? That you've been baptized into Christ, right? So, a man who is born again, can we say he's baptized? Right? He's baptized into Christ. So what happens with water baptism? We'll study that later. Hallelujah. We'll study that. I know because I know your mind is going to be thinking. So does that mean water baptism? Calm down. We're going to study that. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Right? All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, um, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us what? The ministry of reconciliation. Look at verse 19. Let's read it together. No, you're not. Let's do it again. One, two, ready, go. Reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So he has committed unto you what? The word of reconciliation. So every one of you, you have the message of reconciliation. The assertion is very apt. It's very simple. The gospel is a message of reconciliation. Reconciling men back to God. So man has not approached God for it, but God has come to man and he came through his son. God came to man and he came through his son, Jesus. And he offered help. He offered sonship. He offered righteousness, right? He offered baptism, right? He offered all of those things. So man is not seeking God. God seeks for man in his son. God seeks for man in his son. He looks for man. In verse 19, he says, To wit, that God was in Christ. Hallelujah. Reconciling the word unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. 
and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That's the core of the message. Every one of you seated here, you have the message of reconciliation. Say, I have, I have the, message the message of reconciliation. You're not saying it like you mean, say, I have, I have the, message the message of reconciliation. You have the message of reconciliation. It's the very heartbeat of the gospel. So when you go on the streets, when you go to your room, when you go to your hostels, when you go to your workplace, when you get to your to a bus park, when you get to the airport, when you get to everywhere, you have the message of reconciliation with you. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling man back to himself, not imputing their trespasses. He now says unto them, but, but he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So that is why Christ died. That is why he bore our sins. It's the very heartbeat of the gospel. That is why he stayed, he died for three days. That is why he rose from the dead. This is the key word in the shatter. So some, some people have asked their audience to confess their sins. You know, when we're younger, we used to do, you first thank God, right? Some of you first thank God. Father, I thank you. I give you the praise. I give you the glory. Then the next thing is, Father, every sin that I've committed, sin that I know, sin that I don't know, sin in my thoughts, sin in my thinking, sin of omission, correction. <laughs> but you see, a lot of us have done all of those things, but we've ignored God's counsel. His chatter, his commitment. He has never asked us to obtain any form of such admission. He has never asked us to go and be confessing sins. He didn't ask us to do that. That's why we, we, are, we are working on a series on forgiveness of sins. You can lay your hands on that series. He never asked us to do that. He asked us to tell men that they believe. And when they believe, they will be saved. So he doesn't owe them guilty for their sins. This is the commitment from God that makes us preach the message with gusto. So we are not to extract sinner's prayer from our audience. Say after me, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I believe, I believe. No, just preach the message. You know what the message does. You know that when this man believes, he's saved. You know what it does. Preach to your roommates. Preach to your friends. Preach on Facebook, preach on Twitter, preach on Instagram, preach on even on TikTok. There's nothing wrong with doing one minute video and preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Spread the message everywhere. You know, on TikTok, you can just say, Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again. You know, you can just take an extra and just put it on, an extra of this man and just put it on TikTok, right? You can just do that. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Instagram. On your Instagram reel. On your Instagram story. Put it on it. Let men be, you know what happens when they hear it. Hallelujah. You don't need them to start saying, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. If you have said this prayer now, say after me, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. No. You know that this message, once they hear it, they will be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God. So that's the commitment that God makes us preach the message with the gospel. We are not to get them crying. I remember when I was much younger, when I used to preach, that was about nine, ten years ago, not now. <laughs> so you don't look at me like yesterday. No, I'm, I'm in this for a long run. Go with you, God. <laughs> like about nine, ten years, 11, 12 years ago, one of the things I do when I'm preaching the gospel, I make sure people cry. If you have not cried, then I'm not done. Why would you come to my service and not cry? <laughs> why my, my magic wand I'll let you know the scripture later I have a magic wand scripture by the time I release that scripture you'll have been crying you'll be willing asking God to forgive you not that I'm even righteous then no. <laughs> it's, it's not as if me too I was righteous though. but I just, I just the, the proof that I moved to the power of God it's in the tears I saw in the people. <laughs> so we are not to get people crying or feeling sorry for their sins. We are to tell them in clear time that God is not counting your sin against you. I'll say it. God is not counting your sins against you. God is not counting your sins against you. Tell your neighbor, say God is not counting your sins against you. 
He is not. Say it one more time. God is not counting your sins against you. So when you go to a sinner, tell them, God is not counting your sins against you. You see somebody is feeling dejected. He's feeling, he's feeling condemned. He's feeling depressed. He's feeling, he's feeling like, no, nobody loves me. He's feeling, oh, he, he, probably he's even lighting up a cigarette. Probably he's, he's homosexual. Let him know God is not counting his sins against him. Hallelujah. Let him know God is not counting his sins against you. Tell him, yeah, say God has punished Jesus for your sake. Let them know that. When you see somebody, the person is feeling bad. He's feeling condemned. He's feeling, he's feeling terrible. He's telling you, I don't love church. I don't want to fellowship with people anymore. I don't want to. I, I, just, I just want to be alone. Tell the person, God has punished Jesus for your sake. He's not counting your sins against you. You see people telling you, no, I want to backslide. I want to just go whatever. I just want to do whatever I want. Tell them, God is not counting your sins. Let it resound in their ears. That's the message. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not to get them to cry. No, not to tell them. No, that's not the message. To get them to cry. To get them to start confessing their sins and, and be willing. No. Tell them, God is not counting your sins against you. Tell them God has punished Jesus for you. Tell them Jesus has paid the price for the old world. And the old world includes you. Hallelujah. Tell them your neighbor, say the old world includes you. He includes you. The old world includes you. Jesus has paid for sins for the old world. Tell the person the old world includes you. The old world includes you. So when you see somebody on the street... You see somebody in, in school, in the college. You see somebody in, um, in your workplace. You see somebody in Walmart, in Wegsman, on the airport, on the bus park. You know, you can do bus outreaches. Hallelujah. You can just drop your car and just say, I want to enter the bus today and see what it looks like and just stand and preach. Hallelujah. You can do that and you just stand up in the bus and say, God is not counting your sins against you. God has punished Jesus for you. Jesus paid for the sins of the old world, and that includes you. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. No one goes to hell because of their sins. No! Nobody goes to hell because of sins. No one goes to hell because of sins. People go to hell because they did not receive the gospel. People go to hell because they did not believe the gospel. The reason why people are in hell today is because they rejected the gospel. No one goes to hell because of sin. Jesus has died for sin. He has taken care of sin. He has, pun he has been punished for sins. So sin has been dealt with. Tell your neighbor, say sin has been dealt with. Sin has been dealt with. It has. Mark 16 verse 16. Mark 16 verse 16. So no one goes to hell because they committed suicide. People go to hell because they did not believe the gospel. No one goes to hell because they were smoked. They went to hell because they, they didn't believe the gospel. Hallelujah. But why is their conduct like that? Christ is going to deal with that conduct. Where the time they believe the message, their conduct is going to be changed. Hallelujah. Mark 16 verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's the reason why people go to hell. So people will tell you sinners in, the hand of, sinners in the hands of the angry God. No! They are wrong. It's supposed to be sinners in the hands of a loving, of a merciful father. Glory to God. Compassionate God. God is not angry with you. There's a message I'm going to teach sometime soon. God is not against you. Hallelujah. God is not against you. He is not angry with you. Say, neighbor, say, God is not angry with you. In fact, He loves you more. How we do, God? I know you did something wrong, but God loves you better. <laughs> God loves you more. He is not angry with you. He is not angry with you. He is compassionate. John 1, verse 29. John 1, verse 29. John 1 verse 29. He says, 
Are you there? It says the next day, John said, Jesus, coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He has taken the sins of the world. Jesus has taken the sins of the world. So people will call it cheap grace. In their sarcasm, they may, they may just, it's just like Cephas the high priest. They didn't know what they were doing. Cephas the high priest, Agrippa the king, they spoke God's mind unknowingly. So, you know, you know some people on, on TV, they'll tell you, so $90 for 91, so $91 for 91 blessing. You don't sow to get this. No, Jesus sold his life for you. You don't, they'll tell you, okay, we um, so $500 to, to get this. No, that's a scam. That's another gospel. That's a false gospel. I'm going to teach on that soon. Materialistic gospel. That's a false gospel. That's a Jezebel spirit. Yeah. See, they'll tell you, bring money to do this. No. No. Romans 8 verse 32. Romans 8 verse 32. Romans 8 verse 32. I want you to see. It says, He that spared not his own son, hallelujah, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Glory to God. He says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things so we have all things freely so it is cheap it's common it's for all man it's available all the time it's available in the morning in the afternoon in the night even in the midnight it's available on instagram if you put the word on instagram on your story it's available there hallelujah if you put the word on your facebook it's available there if you put the word on your WhatsApp status, it's available there. If you put the word on TikTok, it's available there. It means anytime somebody clicks on it, a sinner clicks on it, they can easily believe it there. Glory to God. I heard Reverend Kingsley tell me, he said, the very, the very, he says, I didn't get born again by somebody preaching to me. So I just read a tract. He said, and I believe the gospel. So I was a young boy. He said, I just, I just, I just read the tract and I said the prayers in the tract and that's how I believe the gospel. He said, I didn't need anybody to preach to me. And now he's a pastor for more than 20 years preaching the gospel. Glory to God. So he's available all the time. That is why we have materials also. You can put it to somebody, right? If somebody will contact that material, they can read it and they can believe. That's why we're going to be on radio stations. So that when somebody click on the word anytime, Put on the wall, they can have it there. We're going to be on TV 24-7. So that when somebody click on it, they can, be, they can put it there. That's why we have it on Google Drive. <laughs> there is somebody go there and click on it, they can believe it. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. So it is free. It's available all the time. So when you tell, meet a sinner, you tell the sinner, God is not angry with you anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, when you meet the sinner. What do you tell the sinner? No, you should respond. Now, let's do it one more time. When you meet a sinner, what do you tell the sinner? When you meet a sinner, what do you tell the sinner? God is not angry with you anymore. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to, God. Glory to God. So he sent Jesus to die for you. He died. He paid for your sins. Tell your neighbor, say, he paid for your sins. Paid for sins. So forgiveness of sins is ours. Forgiveness of sins is yours. You have forgiveness now. You have forgiveness now. You have forgiveness now. Hallelujah. You have forgiveness now. Not tomorrow. You have it now. So when you are preaching the gospel to that person, he has it now. That you, you could be standing in the bus park. You could be standing even in the rain. The person has it now. Hallelujah. You could be standing, you could be standing at the airport. Even in the, you could be talking to the next person on your flight. Right? The person has it now. 
You could be sitting with somebody on your flight and you're preaching. The person has it now. Hallelujah. You could be talking to your roommates. The person has it now. You'll be talking to somebody just via a text. The person has forgiveness now. Glory to God. Forgiveness of sins is ours. Jesus is ready to forgive all the time. In your room, he's ready to forgive. On Facebook, he's ready to forgive. On Twitter, he's ready to forgive. On TikTok, he's ready to forgive when the world is there. On Snapchat, he's ready to forgive. On WeChat, he's ready to forgive. Glory, glory, glory. glory He's ready to forgive. Forgiveness of sins is ours. So God is not angry with the sinner anymore. So when you meet somebody, I know they might have pierced their nose. They must have tattooed their head. They, everywhere, even their eyes is tattooed. I know they will have temptation with you to look at them and say, ah, God is going to judge you. <laughs> no. You go to them and say, God is not angry with you anymore. You tell them Jesus paid for your sins. You tell them Jesus died for the sins of the old world and that includes you. You tell them Jesus is not counting your sins against you. You tell them this does not matter. What matters is if you don't believe the gospel. You know they must have told them. You know some of the reasons why people do bad stuff is because they've told them that see, you are going to condemn in hell and, they are, and they've accepted their fact that they are going to hell. And they've accepted the fact that they are going to be a sinner. You know, I have some friends many years ago, the reason why they believe that the reason why they want to do bad stuff is just because they want to smoke weed, they want to do all of those things, is just because they feel nobody can make heaven. Nobody can go to, everybody's all going to die a sinner. I told them no. Years later, I didn't know them, but years later, I told them no. I chatted with one of my friends some months ago on Instagram. He said, so you mean, God does not count sins against people. I said, yes. Then I started an exegesis. I said, no. You are not going to go to hell because of sin. You are going to go to hell because you rejected the message. He said, so if I now believe the gospel, does it mean I can now still keep sin? I said, no. You won't be sin. He says, either is born of God does not sin. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So when you see them, they might have been fatuated. Their head, their skull, even their hands, everywhere there's rings, you know, there's chains everywhere. You know, some people, they are pierced, even their heights, they pierce their tongue, they pierce their neck, they are pierced everywhere. Everywhere is full of rings. Every, their nails are like phalons, just stretched. You know, I saw, I watched a video one time and they say, <laughs> the, long, the world longest nail, phalons. You know, you just look at them and you're just wondering, Nah, this person, you know, some of you say, some of you, so you're going on outreach, I know how you do, you walk, you walk past the person, you walk to the next person because the person look well dressed. <laughs> no, you walk to that person, you third person, God is not counting your sins against you. God is not counting your sins against you. Men don't go to hell because they are depressed. Men don't go to hell because they commit their suicide. Men don't go to hell because they are tattooed. Men don't go to hell because they drink. Men don't go to hell because they smoke weed. Men go to hell because they form God, men go to hell because they are condemned, because they reject the gospel. That's why they go to hell. That's the message of Christ. So when you are preaching, you must preach it with gusto. Tell your neighbor, say, you and I, we are preachers. You're not saying it like you mean it. You're not saying it like you mean it. You are preachers. You are preachers. So the sinner is not to confess sin. God already did that by putting it on Jesus. I explained to you the sins of the world, the chastisement of our peace was on, was on him. It was put on him. So the sinner is to confess Christ. Hallelujah. The sinner is to confess Christ. Look at Romans 10. Romans 10 verse 8 to 9. 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 The sinner is to confess Christ. Romans 10 verse 8 to 9. He says, but what seeth it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth. Look at it. Is, did he say confess sins? 
No, look at it. Did he say confess sins? He says, but if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with thy heart that God raised thee from the dead. Hallelujah. Thou shalt be saved. Glory, glory, glory. That's what makes a man say. You confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. God has put all of these on Jesus. So this is the chapter of the gospel. And God will not break his word. He will not. He will not break his word. He is committed to his word. He will not break his word. Because he is committed to his word. Hallelujah. That's the message of Christ. That's the message we preach. God is not counting your sins anymore. God is not against you. You know, you can walk up to somebody and tell the person, I don't have much to tell you, but I just want to tell you, God is not against you. God is not against you. God is not against you. God is not angry with you. I know you might do something bad. You might look dejected, angry, sorry, buttered, butchered. <laughs> but God is not against you. Say your neighbor, say God is not against you. God is not against you. God is not against you. He's not counting your sins against you. So we said, when a man is believed, when a man believes the gospel, he's baptized, right? Yes. Baptized into Christ, right? Yes. So are you baptized into Christ? Yes, sir. You are immersed into Christ, right? Yes, God is not counting your, your sins against you, right? Yes, he's not. So when you preach the gospel, your sins has been taken away. So it is available all the time. It is cheap. It is free, right? It is common, right? Yes, sir. Is it available through you? Yes, sir. No, you're not saying like a minute. Is it available through you? Yes, sir. Ask your neighbor, say, is it available through you? Is it available What's the response? Yes, sir. What's the response? Yes, sir. What's the response? Yes, sir. Is it available through you? Yes, sir. Is the message of Christ available through you? Yes, sir. So if men come to you, are they going to be the reason why they won't go to hell? You're not saying like you mean it. Yes, you know, you can make people be, you know, see, we are, our, our works are going to be tried on the last day. We are going to be rewarded for the souls we took away from hell. We are. I'm going to teach you all of this later on. The gospel and its rewards. I'm going to teach you, not now, but it's going to be, you know, I told you this is just the introduction. I'm going to teach you when we start attending the series. The men are going to be your trophy. The men you preach to, you raise are going to be your trophy. All those ones they say, the house, the mansion you're going to receive in hell. No, it's going to be the man. So you go to get serious. You preach. Hallelujah. You preach. You preach. It is cheap. It is common. It's available. And I don't know about you, but it's available through me all the time. As I'm preaching, it's available now. As this message will be heard all over the world, it's available. As this message will be online, it's available. As this message will be heard in radio stations, it's available. As this message will be heard on TikTok, it's available. As this message will be heard in tracts, in brochures, it's available. In pamphlets, it's available. Hallelujah. And men are going to receive this. And they will be, and they will be, and they will be changed from that part of hell. That part of condemnation. That part of damnation. And they'll be translated into the right path, into the path of peace, into the path of light, into the kingdom of his dear son, in the name of Jesus. Make a commitment this evening and just pray. Just, just pray about that this evening. That the message will be available through you all the time. Pray for yourself this evening. That the message will be available through you all the time. Lift your voice and let's pray. Lift your voice and let's pray. Pray in your understanding. Make a commitment. Pray in your understanding right now. Pray in your understanding. That the message will be available through you. The message will be available through you. The message is available through you. You don't stop preaching. You don't get tired of preaching. Talk, talk, pray. Pray for yourself. This, pray for yourself. This, you don't get tired of preaching. You don't stop telling men that God is not counting their sins against them. Lift your voice and pray. Make that commitment in your hearts this evening. You don't stop preaching. You don't stop preaching. You don't stop preaching. You don't stop preaching. 
You don't stop preaching. You don't stop sharing the message. It's available through you all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Glory, glory, glory. The message is available through me all the time. Hallelujah. Say the message is available through me all the time. Lead your hand. Say the message is available through me all the time. You're not saying like you may say the message is available through me all the time. All the time. Glory to God. The message is available through me all the time. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 